Good day, everyone. I'm going to start with telling you who the writer of this article is, and I'm going to go read it and share with you what I think on it. C.N. Ferguson is a contributing writer, everyday feminist, and a queer polyamorous South African feminist who is currently studying towards a Bachelor of Arts major in English and Anthropology. Originally from Cape Town, she now studies at Royds University in Grahamstown, where she works as Vice Chair for Gender Action Project. She has, fe- she has featured as a guest by the website such as Room 24 and Foxy Fox, also writing for her personal blog. Follow her on Twitter at CN Fergs. August 11, 2015 is the publication date. So you think you're polyamorous, a guide to coming out to yourself. So you think you're polyamorous, you need some help figuring it out for certain. While there is no universal definition of polyamory, polyamory is defined as the practice of having multiple romantic and slash sexual partners simultaneously with the full informed consent of with the full informed enthusiastic consent of everyone involved. So clearly they're talking about me. So polyamorous people are those who are able to have multiple romantic and, and slash or sexual partners at the same time. Again, they're clearly talking about me. Seems simple, right? Well, it's not always simple. You see, figuring out that your polyamorous can be difficult, scary even, because society conditions to think of polyamory as abnormal. And this is the writer speaking. Before I realized I was polyamorous, I thought something was wrong with me. I had been in situations where I was in love with more than one person at once, something I was socialized to believe was not only impossible, but deviant as well. Through the media, religion, the government, and other institutions were taught that the only way to experience true love is to, is to want one person and, and only that person. Society romanticizes the idea that everyone has one true soulmate and, and that we won't be happy without them, an idea which marginalizes asexual and aromantic people as well as polyamorous people. For this reason, coming to the conclusion that your polyamorous can be a challenging and emotional journey. It can also be an exciting, amazing point in your life which could lead to discovering a beautiful truth about yourself. And for the third time, they're clearly talking about me. It, it, it is, for me, a challenging, emotional journey but it's more exciting and amazing than anything else so for the first time they're clearly talking about me it might be tough to unpack the issues and thoughts you might have at this point in time there are a few useful tips to coming out to yourself one take time to absorb and articulate your feelings and thoughts i do that every day for starters Self-awareness is always a wonderful quality to have. In times of crisis, great change and self-discovery, being self-aware is particularly particularly useful. When I began to consider whether I was polyamorous or not, I had so many difficult thoughts and feelings. At first, I pushed all the thoughts aside because thinking about being polyamorous is so emotionally taxing for me. But eventually, I realized it was really helpful and imperative even for me to dig deep into my psyche to ask myself some probing questions, which I did before I fully came out to be polyamorous to myself. That's me talking now. Ask yourself, why is it that you feel that you're polyamorous? Well, I know I'm polyamorous because I love variety of positive human adults all around. 
Is it that you feel that you're capable of loving more than one person at a time? Hell the fuck yes. Do you feel you need to love more than one person at a time? Hell the fuck yes. Do you feel you need to be loved by more than one person at a time? Hell the fuck yes. Now let's ask this. Now let me answer these made up questions of mind. (laughs) To show you how casual relationships minded I am. Is it that you feel like you're capable of lusting after more than one person at a time? Hell the fuck yes. Do you feel you need to be lusted after by more than one person at a time? Hell the fuck yes. Do you feel you need to be... Wait a minute, hold on. I'm sorry. Let me start again. Is it that you feel that you're capable of lusting after more than one person at a time? Hell the fuck yes. Do you feel you need to lust after more than one person at a time? Hell the fuck yes. Do you feel you need to be lusted after by more than one person at a time? Hell the fuck yes. Whew, glad I got it right. It would be embarrassing if I didn't. Um, or is your reason completely different? Well, I'll answer the question this way. I am the type of person that my sex drive is too high to be with just one person, only that person. That's the reason I stayed in this article. That's me speaking on the top of my head. Do you feel okay with the idea of being in a relationship with someone who's in relationship with others? Yes. Hell the fuck yes, I need to say. You might want to reflect on past relationships. Oh, I have. I recognize that the sexual trauma put me in some dangerous sexual situations that I am thankful to recover from. And I can honestly say that I have no sexually transmitted diseases and I have no sexually transmitted infections. I was never a teen parent because all the females I slept with um, were not pregnant by me. I never impregnated anybody. Okay. If you feel that you had to conform to monogamous standards before, how did it work for you? Oh, I never did. Never did. It never happened to me. When I explored these questions, I had to look back at my past relationships with a different lens. While I've been in happy, healthy, monogamous relationships, I occasionally found myself developing feelings for people I still feel committed to others. So this is the writer talking now. At the time, I thought of myself as a selfish, awful person, but now I began to realize I was just a confused, polyamorous person who struggled to manage their feelings. And I can honestly say for the fifth time, that article was clearly talking about how I felt in the past. How do you feel about monogamy? It's not for me. Jealousy? I don't, I'm not the jealous type. Sharing romantic slash or sexual partners with other people? I think it's motherfucking awesome. You might not have all the answers right now, and that's perfectly okay. This is a journey to self-awareness, not an exam. The answers to these questions might change over time. Remember that as people change, the way they approach their relationships might change. The way we might experience love, lust, 
romance and slash or sexual attraction if we experience it at all can be very fluid i know it i know the, all those things are very fluid for me i'm love fluid romance fluid sexual attraction fluid and lust fluid meaning it depends on how i am that day that environment that time certain people and so on and so forth when i entered my first pilot this is the author talking now when i first entered my first polyamorous relationship I honestly had more questions than answers. That was my experience too. I still find myself constantly examining previous perceptions about myself and my sexuality. That's what I'm doing too, for me. My cha- my feelings change depending on my partner, my emotional situation, my mental health. Except I hardly ever feel jealous about sharing my partner with other people, but if I'm feeling scared about my career, body, or financial situation, I tend to be more jealous. I don't have any jealous feelings. I am so non-monogamy past relationships minded ah no jealousy at all this feeling of jealousy for the author usually signifies that i have to dig deep emotionally ask myself why i feel insecure it's incredibly important to stay to stay aware of these feelings and to manage them when they come instead of denying they exist at all to imagine what your life might be like if you're practicing polyamory. Oh, I don't have to imagine it because it's my reality. I still imagine my reality and I go, ah, what's in my head is actually real. Here we go. In a world where we're socialized that monogamy is normal and natural, we often feel the need to downplay our fantasies, especially those that don't conform to societal norms. Dreaming enables us to find our desires, help us realize what we want, and ultimately who we are. And when it comes to discovering your polyamorous, it can be difficult to know what you want for this very reason. So let yourself fantasize. What would a polyamorous lifestyle look for you? Um, sane people, and I'm a sane person. We have high quality hearts, and we're total hotties to each other. And we're anti-bullshit, pro positivity and common sense persons there we go what do you want out of polyamory uh appropriate satisfaction of our biologies and our inner lives okay whether you're daydreaming at work school university in the shower or at night before you fall asleep try to consider what you truly want Perhaps you find it useful to write or draw in a journal so that you can keep a record of your ideas and desires. Remember, of course, that your desires will change over time. Right now, this is the, well, I honestly will say my desires when it comes to non-monogamy will not change over time. It's permanent. Right now, I'm in a romantic sexual relationship with one partner. This is the author, not me. However, we both have the freedom to date others if we so desire. I'm glad that works for them. This setup makes me happy. And I would feel happy if they had other partners or if I had other partners. Wait, wait, wait I, I, I want to say this now. I am, I'm, I'm not, and never have and never will be being a committed romantic sex relationship with one partner. But I will say my polyamory, myself and all my partners, we do have the freedom to date other people if we so desire. That this setup makes us happy, and we would feel happy if we if if we all had other partners. 
whether myself, them, and both of us, you know. In a few years' time, I managed I met. I, in a few years' time, I managed myself to be living with one or more partners. Not me. I live completely alone. No pet owning. No roommating. Me, myself, and I in my own bachelor's pad. Yes. About 10 years from now, I could imagine myself living and raising a family with more than one partner. I'm glad that that person could do these things. That that will not be me, though. But as I get older, my desires might change depending on my experiences, feelings, career, and my partisan desires. Hmm. In terms of, for me, I would say, yeah, we grow and evolve. And at the same time, certain things are set in stone for me, like non-monogamy and living alone totally yeah those things are forever set in stone everything else you know and as as i progress we'll see what my flexibility will be like later i know what i want at this point in time but it might change and i'm okay with that um certain things in my life i'm okay with changing it could be like, I know that I'm an author, so I get to be an entrepreneur, so that kind of change. I'm definitely okay with that. I know what I need at this point in time, but it might change. Okay with that. Like, I may want to spend more time relaxing with myself in my own home, but as a public figure, I mean, I could spend as much time by myself, obviously, because people have the whole, I gotta spend time with Antonio, and that's fine for me. Please bear in mind that the point of sex is not to set rigid time constraint goals for your relationship. Our expectations don't always match up with reality, and that's okay. Sometimes the realities we create are better than our fantasies, especially when it comes to Relationships. Rather, the purpose of this exercise is to explore your dreams, desires, and fantasies so that you can begin to think deeply about what you want and need and who you are. Three, connect with other polyamorous, polycares, polyfriendly people. I'm already working on that and doing that. It could be really helpful to find a community that understands you and accepts you as you are. Polyamorous communities exist both offline and online in the forms of social media groups, discussion boards, and websites. It's a great idea to use these spaces to meet new people. Not just talking about meeting other polyamorous people and to date them. Platonic relationships with other polyamorous people can be extremely valuable. These friendships can be a great source of mutual support, comfort, and love. Ooh, that I'm working on these things too. In a society where polyamory is seldom recognized, let alone tolerated, it can be comforting and healing to find a place where polyamory is both understood and celebrated. Yes. Four, don't consume the polyamorous literature. I absolutely will. When I came to the conclusion that I was polyamorous, it really helped to research polyamory online. When I was confused as hell about how polyamorous relationships could work, I turned to the words of more experienced polyamorous people for guidance and comfort. And when I was unsure about how to handle certain situations, I read the musings of experts on polyamory in order to guide my thinking. There's so much out there in polyamory, so much that it could be a little overwhelming. So if you're not sure where to start, Begin by looking at these three key areas. Read about the ethics and theories of polyamory. Personally, I really enjoyed reading The Ethical Slut, A Practical Guide to Polyamory Over Relationships with Others. Adventures as well as more than two. 
the latter books as authors also runs a useful and comprehensive website on polyamory. Read about other people's experiences. I find it particularly comforting to read about how a few other polyamorous people felt in monogamous relationships. Because it really struck a chord with me. I remember feeling the same sense of incompletion and inadequacy that others were describing. It comforted me and I felt less alone. Reading about other people's experiences and feelings can not only be comforting but insightful. It can help you think deep about the situation you come across. Sometimes it can help you guide your choices for the better. Read about useful skills for polyamorous relationships. Communicating, managing jealousy, and security time management and setting boundaries are all useful relationship skills. If when you eventually try polyamorous setup for yourself, those skills become even more important. So get a head start by thinking about which skills you need to work on. Number five, start challenging your internalized heteronormativity. True love only comes around once. Love is what you want to be. Love is when you want to be one person only than the one. The language we commonly use when we discuss love and romance is very heteronormative. These messages suggest that the beauty of love is that it's exclusive, that if we really love someone, we can't love anybody else but them. This can cause many polyamorous people to doubt themselves. This sort of mentality is ultimately part of heteronormativity. Bullshit heteronormativity is what I call it. Heteronormativity is a word that refers to the societal structure which privileges certain types of romantic and sexual relationships of others. One of the underlying assumptions of bullshit heteronormativity is that heterosexuality and monogamy are natural or superior to other forms of sexual romantic attraction. It's just that love is a universal uniform experience. We often think of bullshit heteronormativity leading to homophobic and queerphobic attitudes, but which does happen, which is true, but also leads to attitudes which oppress polyamorous people, which is true too. Heteronormative attitudes try to tell us that we all experience attraction and sex in the same way. And this is simply not fucking true. We experience romantic and sexual attraction a number of different ass ways. Some people don't experience romantic and slash or sexual attraction at all. That's entirely fucking okay. It might be helpful to start thinking about the way we talk about love try to recognize how our language and assumptions about romance is rooted in heteronormativity. Once we start to think critically about the languages, we can start thinking about how we've internalized heteronormative messages. Since heteronormativity says that polyamory is abnormal and natural wrong, it could result in us it could result in us polyamorous people feeling damned ashamed of ourselves. God damned ashamed of ourselves. This deep-seated ass shame can prevent us from practicing self-love and nurturing healthy relationships. For example, heteronormativity tells us that we only need to love one person at once and lust after one person at once. Heteronormativity tells us that if someone truly loves us, they won't want anyone else. Of course, in polyamorous situations, one person might love multiple partners at once, which I do. If one of those partners believes at a conscious or subconscious level that you can only love one person at once or lust after one person at once, they're likely to feel pissed off, upset, unloved, and unwanted. Perhaps they'll feel jealous and act unloving towards their partner as a result. If they identify and manage this belief, they can begin to feel better. As you can see, it's incredibly important that we identify internalized heteronormativity and tell it to fuck off whenever 
it shows up. Again, as you can see, it's incredibly important that we identify internalized heteronormativity and tell it to fuck off whenever it shows up. Always remember that your experiences are valid, your feelings are valid, and the way you love is valid. Come to the conclusion that come to the conclusion that your polyamorous can be goddamn difficult, but it can also be an exciting ass experience and a wonderful ass experience too. Embrace and enjoy the journey. Use this as an opportunity for introspection and self-discovery. Take time to marvel at the beauty of it all. Consider how beautiful it is that humans can experience love and lust in so many different ways. And make sure that your lust is ethical and humane. Above all else, remember that no matter how you eventually identify, your experiences and feelings are valid, valuable, and beautiful. One last article, then I'm concluding this episode. Eight things... Okay, this is the same author. So this is January 7th, 2016. Eight things to consider in polyamorous dating before committing to another partner. There's a lot of media representation of people entering new relationships. Popular movies, series, literature, and music all represent the process that come with starting to date a new partner and that being the shyness, the confusion, the excitement, the infatuation, and all the other feelings that come with entering new heteronormative relationships and by heteronormative relationships i mean relationships which are heterosexual monogamous and otherwise conform to society's idea of what a quote-unquote normal relationship is like these relationships are well represented in the media but when it comes to non-monogamous relationships we're, we're very much out of our depth i would say kind of out of our depth we're very much out of our depth i came to terms with my polyamory when i was dating someone i love deeply I met another wonderful person, realized I liked them too, and I found myself being deeply attracted to two, to two people at once. As excited as I was to realize I was polyamorous and potentially, and potentially explore this new connection, I didn't know whether dating my new love interest was a good idea or not. This is because I had never seen relationships like mine represented in the media. On top of being polyamorous, I'm also queer. Relationships between queer people are also really underrepresented in the media. You see, I had no blueprint for entering a relationship where you already had a partner. I didn't know what to expect, where to find support, or whose advice to take. I didn't know how to go about entering the relationship. I didn't know what conversations to have with my new partner, what sort of problems would arise, and how to tackle them. The truth is, I felt anxious about whether I'd have the time and energy for someone else. I feared that a breakup with one person would lead to a breakup with the other. I worried about whether my partners would get along, whether one of them would feel neglected. Also, and most painfully, I felt unworthy of being loved by one person, let alone two. It was a confusing time, but now that I began, but now that I've been through the process of committing to another partner quite a few times, I have some thoughts to share. If you're in a non-monogamous situation, if you're in a non-monogamous situation, already have a partner to a more, now considering interrelationship with a new person, this might be helpful for you. There's some useful questions to ask yourself before committing to another partner. One. Do I have the time, energy, resources, and emotional capacity for another relationship? Yes. Do I have the time, energy, resources, and emotional capacity for other relationships? Yes. Often being polyamorous is described as having unlimited love to give to others, which is true for me. For many polyamorous people, love feels like a non-finite resource. Hmm, I can relate. But love is not all that we give in relationships. We also give our time, energy, resources, and emotional space to people we commit to. I commit, we commit to treating each other right. That's the only commitment we have. 
we commit to seeing each other as human beings entitled to human rights. That's the, uh, those are the only two commitments we have of each other. If if you overcommit, you can end up feeling as if you're stretched too thin, which can lead to a lot of frustration for you and your partners. So before committing to another partner, ask yourself if you can give them the time, energy, and support that they deserve. This doesn't only include considering the, t- the time you, de- you dedicate to your current partners, but to other aspects of your life. Do you have any strenuous work commitments or family responsibilities? Are you busy with school, college, or other studies? Are you planning on moving? Are you taking care of a family member? Are you in an emotional, mental space where you can take on another partner? Remember to prioritize self-care. You might have enough energy and time for another person, but remember that you need to have energy and time for yourself, too. If you're someone who enjoys spending time alone, you might find it overwhelming to be committed to many different partners, particularly if your partner expects to spend a lot of time with you. Think not only about your situation now, but what your situation will be a few months along the line. Two, how are your current relationships doing? In my experience, taking on a new relationship can enhance your current relationships, but they can also highlight pre-existing problems. We know that workout relationships can take, a, take, can take up a great deal of time and energy. This can be even more so when you have multiple partners, especially since difficulties and insecurities in one relationship can spill over into another. For example, if one partner is dishonest with you, you might feel like you're unable to trust them. This mistrust could be misdirected towards your other partner, particularly if you're struggling to work on honesty and mistrust in your relationship. Of course, no relationship is perfect. I'm not saying a current relationship needs to be all sunshine and daisies in order to take on another relationship. What I'm saying is that your relationship needs to be healthy and manageable. Do you think your current relationships are healthy or toxic? Are you making an effort to work on your current relationships? Is the effort reciprocated by your partners? If your relationship is very difficult, consider whether you consider whether you might be taking on a new relationship to mask this. If your relationship is very difficult, consider whether you might be taking on a new relationship to mask issues with your current partner. Are you taking on a new relationship because your current partner neglects you? Are you feeling insecure in the relationship? Does your current relationship make you feel unfulfilled? Polyamory is beautiful because it makes us realize that no single partner can fulfill all our needs. But one relationship, however fulfilling, can make up for a relationship that makes you unhappy. For obvious reasons, it's not a good idea to take on one relationship with the other when the other one isn't in good shape. Breaking more people into a toxic situation can cause a great amount of distress for everyone involved. Three, I've been getting to my family vice versa. Okay, I can answer this. Um, I'll only allow them to meet my chosen family. And that's it. Uh, by family, I don't only mean the people you're related to. I'm talking about your support network, your close friends, your household, and of course, your current partners. Yeah, those are the only people I let them meet to. That's it. That's it. Meeting my partners. One of the first things I think about when I meet someone I'm very attracted to is whether my current partner likes them. Hmm. That's something I fit factor into. Since my partner's a very perceptive, thoughtful person, I trust their judgment. Yeah, all my partners are that way. I think of my partner as my best friend, so I wanted them to like my new partners as much as I did, the same way as I want my best friends to like my partners. Chances are that your new partner will spend a lot of time with your family. They don't get along, it can lead to a lot of stress for everyone involved. And if you don't think that your new partner will get along with your family, ask yourself why that is. It could be indicative of deeper underlying issues with your family, current partner, potential new partner. It also might just be a situation where two perfectly lovely people don't get along for no particular reason. I've, I've met a number of people decided against dating someone because their partner felt too insecure. 
In those cases, they took time to work on their partisan securities before taking on a new relationship. Similarly, I've met people similarly, I've met people whose partners don't get along simply because they clash with personalities. Oh I avoid that. And insecure insecure people nah, we're many of my partners were not that. Similarly, it's important to ask yourself whether you would whether you will fit into your potential partisan's family. Consider the people in their life, are they in committed relationships? Do they have more casual, sexual, slash romantic relationships with others? Do they have children? What are their friends like? Will you get along? If not, how will it affect your relationship? Or can this relationship be mutually beneficial for myself, my partners? The answer is yes, motherfuckers. This is a question that applies to all relationships. In order for relationships to be healthy, happy, fulfilling, they should be mutually beneficial. Ask yourself, what can you bring to the table? And what can your potential partner bring to the table? Stability? Yes. Security? Yes. Comfort? Yes. Intellectual stimulation? Yes. Fun? Yes. There are many ways that people can add value to a relationship. Ask yourself whether all involved parties are able to give and receive value. And guess the fuck they are when it comes to our relationships. <laughs> Five, what issues could arise? How can we tackle them? Once again, this is a good question to ask yourself entering a new relationship, whether it's polyamorous or not. Jealousy? Not my thing. Communication issues? No, I communicate effectively and they do too, and my partners have jealous people as well. Are these issues fixable? Of course, we don't give each other unfixable issues, you know, the whole we're not together thing anymore. Yeah, we're, we don't have those problems. And so how could they be addressed? Um, soft-spoken, calm terms, we don't yell at each other, we don't cuss each other out, we don't insult each other. I'm a person who struggles with communication. I'm feeling anxious, rejected, frustrated, let's be honest, hungry. That's the author speaking. I know this will be an issue when I enter relationships, so I try to be upfront about it. I try to let my partners know when they need to let me cool down or feed me. It's still a struggle, but being honest about it makes it easier to manage. I'm addressing my communication issues. I'm, I'm addressing my communication issues, but at the moment, I'm also struggling to effectively deal with some mental health issues. As a result, I need a lot of understanding, guidance, and support from my partners and close friends. At the moment, there's no way that I could take on a partner who isn't very clued up and sensitive towards my mental health issues. It just wouldn't work. You can't preempt every single issue that will come up, and you certainly can't fix them in advance, but it's useful to be mindful of potential issues and have a plan in case they arise. But yeah, you know. My part is not we deeply respect each other's mental health. Six, what are my expectations? I would say for myself, my expectations are that we are ethical and humane in our polyamory. Those are the only expectations we have. What sort of structural relationship have? I would say for me, we're lovey-dovey within our casual. Will your relationship be romantic slash or sexual? It'll be sexual, but we do romantic things, which is not in a serious relationship. But it, but we do take each other seriously. 
It's an expectation that your new partner will be sexually romantically involved with your other partners. That's optional. If they want to or not, that's up to them. Will you be sexually romantically involved with their partners? That's optional. It depends on what's right for everybody. Do you want a relationship that's very serious? Could it be to stay together for a long time? Um, if the, if serious is meaning monogamy, no. But serious meaning we continue to be ethical and humane within our casual arrangements, and we're able to be that way for a long time with each other then that kind of serious, I say yes. Do you want something temporary where you don't make plans for the future? Um, some of my relationships may be like that. Uh, what things do you expect in your relationship? Um, we socialize. We evolve as human beings. And we fuck. Uh, and and more than anything, we grow in our kindness towards ourselves and each other and others. We spend time with their family, vice versa. That's optional. That's purely optional. It's a long distance relationship. Hmm. Hmm. I've never been into doing long distance relationships. Like, that's one of the reasons why I, I couldn't do monogamy because it's a possible long distance relationship. I don't mind if a, 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 a sprinkle of my relationships are long distance casual relationships. Hey, that's the only kind of long distance relationship I don't mind doing. I don't want a lot of relationships like that. Just a, just a little bit, like a sprinkle, a peck. If so, how often do we communicate with one another and how? Hey, those are optional, and we have to decide how we're going to do it. Depends. Having an idea about what you want needing a relationship to be like allows you to figure out whether it's something you really want and need. Maybe your expectations aren't very specific. Maybe not much bit sure about what you want. Maybe not much bit much percent sure about what you do want and need, but you know for sure what you don't want and don't need. That's okay. Take your time to figure it out. It's not important that you know exactly what you want and need from the beginning of the relationship. But it's important that you communicate about your expectations to your partner. Seven, what are their expectations? Once you figure out what you want, need, and expect, it's easy to get thinking about what your potential partner's wants and needs and, and expects. From there, you can figure out whether you can fulfill those desires, needs, and expectations, whether they can fulfill your desires, needs, and expectations. This is useful for when it comes to setting boundaries in relationships. That's number eight. Why do I want to be with this person? They are my type and I'm their type. Enough said. In my experience, plenty of polyamorous people, particularly those who are new to polyamory, make the mistake of entering new relationships for the sake of entering new relationships. This is to say that they enter relationships not because they're incredibly attracted to the idea of being with that person, but just because they can. And I fucking get it. Relationships can be so fulfilling and loving people can be such a beautiful, rewarding experience. The idea of loving dozens of people at once depends on many people, myself included. Yeah, that does include me. I ain't gonna lie. I don't enter new relationships for the sake of it. I'm incredibly attracted to being with that person because it's right for us, you know. But we need to be realistic about our attraction to others. 
If we're tracking the idea of a person instead of the actual person, we run the risk of causing them and ourselves plenty of damn pain. Romanticizing the idea of someone instead of appreciating who they are is also incredibly objectifying. Consider why the hell do you want to date that person specifically? What are they adding to your life? What makes them special? Remember why they're important to you is essential in, in motivating yourself to work at the relationship. To commit or not to commit is never an easy ass decision to make. The decision is even harder when you already have a partner and you're trying to figure out the parameters of the potential new non-monogamous relationship. Open through careful consideration, deep introspection, and be better equipped to make an informed decision and navigate successfully through the exciting and complex world of polyamory and dating. <sighs> I can officially stop talking about polyamory by myself. I got it all out. And I say, deuces, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs>